Hello and welcome to The Hill is Always Greener, a show where four friends have friendly, chill discussions about Sonic the Hedgehog to distract themselves from multiple things that we discussed before the podcast got started, uh, and also <laughs> the uh, inevitable passage of time and our own rapidly waning ability to relate to the youth, now more so than ever. Um, <laughs> welcome to the podcast, everyone. How's everyone doing today? Well, hi there. Uh, I'm Falero. I'm Rock the Jake. I'm Cyberlink. I'm Game Buddy. And that's all of us. Uh, this is episode 32. We've made it to 32. Uh, and this is the 32nd, like this month, uh, at release of this episode, is the 32nd uh, anniversary of Sonic the Hedgehog 1, the, the beginning of it all. And uh, there's a, I just think that's pretty significant. You are not wrong. In a few more years, he'll be legally old enough to run for president. Oh. If we don't act fast, sir, they'll elect Sonic president! (laughs) (laughs) A better future is possible. (laughs) My first decree is chili dogs. And that's about it. I mean, that's about the best you could ask for him. But, you know, as far as uh, potential celebrities running for office, I think Sonic the Hedgehog is... One of the milder options, but anyway. Uh, but no, what we're actually talking... Ordinarily, we'd we'd say about what's exciting Sonic things that we've been up to lately, but I don't think there's been much that we were willing to talk about on the show. But what we are going to talk about is our topic. Say, I've, I've got a little bit, just a smidge. Okay, we'll, Ooh, we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll have a look. We'll have a listen to Luke's smidge, and then we'll get on to the main topic. What, what happened to you recently, Luke? So I went back down the rabbit hole of Sega Rhythm Games again. I went to the uh, local arcade for a friend of the show Derek's birthday party recently, and I actually got to try out two different rhythm games, both of which had Reach for the Stars among their uh, available songs. The first was called, I believe it was called Chunithem. It's basically got like a touchscreen piano keys on the... Uh, board and it could sense if you were touching but it could also sense if you were had like your hands positioned above but not actually touching the uh pad and so it's you know coming down like an audio surf or guitar hero style thing and i played reach for the stars on it and it was different it was definitely interesting it was more straightforward than a lot of other rhythm games that i've played that have really bizarre control schemes but it was cool playing along with that. I played, you know, some Yakuza songs, All I Want from Crazy Taxi, stuff like that. It, it was neat. And then the other one was called Ongeki, I believe, which was so, like, this might have been one of the most bizarre rhythm games I've ever played because you could either play left or right-handed and it had three buttons on either side of the joysticks so that you could control it. But that also had some songs that on the higher difficulties you'd have to use basically both sets of controls at once. And then also it had pads on the side that you had to hit instead of just normal buttons. And at the same time, you're trying to control like a party of three RPG party members who are attacking a boss while all this is happening and you're moving around. It's basically like if you took that Kingdom Hearts rhythm game and then made it ridiculously fast and hard to parse, it's frightening. But again, Reach for the Stars was on there. That was interesting. I find it interesting that that is like the one Sonic song that keeps showing up in all these rhythm games. I don't know why. Something about the quality of the song, I suppose. It's got a pretty frantic beat, I think. So maybe that's why they decide it's uh, something that will be a challenge to uh, do a little rhythm game to. Well, that sounds neat. <laughs> it, it was it was something different. I'll give it that. 
I kind of like this little update we've had to our arcade episode that we periodically get to hear about what new exciting Sonic adjacent games that we've uh, found in the wild. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do find it interesting that he tends to show up in very unexpected places. I, I did also play Mario and Sonic 2020 while I was there. That game still is... It, you run out of breath real quickly because you're running and set, like when you're doing the sprinting events, you're <laughs> not even doing like proper strides. You're doing the like... NES track and field thing uh, of just rapidly uh-huh. bouncing your feet up and down is not very ideal. Resisting the temptation to use your hands on the floor. <laughs> yeah, except it's a big, you know, metal pad, so that doesn't work particularly well. Blech. And I also tried to play Mai Mai again, but the machine was broken this time. Oh, well. Oh. <laughs> just makes you think of uh, the music video for She's a Maniac, Maniac. <laughs> yeah, it's li- literally exactly like that. But yeah, that was my instance of Sonic showing up in unexpected places. Oh, I do like when he appears in, in the real world sometimes, just to surprise us. I, th- I, I want to see more Sonic-y arcade things. Like, we talked about it in, in at length in our arcade episode, but I just, I, 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 like, I like having more Sonic things out there. Yeah. Don't know about the rest of you. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm into in it. full agreement. It's whimsical brand synergy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I suppose that brings us to our topic of the... I was about to say the week, but no, this is every two weeks, every fortnight. Is that what a fortnight is? God, when is Sonic going to show up in Fortnite? <laughs> yeah, we're both <laughs> jumping for a joke like that. I'm, I'm realizing that someday Sonic might show up in Fortnite and we'll have to actually find out what Fortnite is. Sonic with yeah. a gun! I feel like a I've lot of people have like hopped onto Fortnite after, well, the thing I like is in it now, I guess I'll experience it. And they never came back. <laughs> I play Fortnite with some friends. It, I mean, it also has its problems. I don't think it's as much of a, you know, a horrible Skinner box like gotcha games are. But it seems like a pretty competent game. Um, yeah, I know lots of people. You know why I don't think Sonic will ever happen? Because that is one thing about Fortnite is they are super dedicated to make sure all of their guest characters fit within that style. And oh. Sonic characters are just too short. You, they yeah, gotta be humanoid. They, they can't fit the model. I thought you were going to say it's because Sonic can't use a gun. <laughs> no. I mean, they sell Nerf versions of Fortnite guns to children, so I Sonic would ah. be fine with one of those. No, I think they're just, they're too short. That's why, like, Goku looks perfectly fine next to, a, you know, Rick Sanchez and a Xenomorph and Batman, but it, Sonic would be too short, so... Oh well. So uh, so what you're saying is that we should instead look forward to Eggman being playable. And speaking of which, <laughs> hey. Okay, so we're talking about Eggman this time. Um <laughs> that, that is our topic for this episode. That when we talked about it being the 32nd anniversary of Sonic the Hedgehog 1 and you knew who else first made their appearance back then? It was the Eggman. So uh, that's what we're talking about this time. The villain of all Sonicy things. Well, maybe not all Sonicy things, but most of them. He is the Eggman. That's what he am. I'm glad you read that, Jacob. <laughs> the, the thing I put down. <laughs> <in my mind. laughs> I'm glad you wrote that because I sometimes I think about that song and I just think about saying it that way and it makes me smile. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Do- Dr. Eggman is not always the villain in a Sonic story, but he is always the uh, he is the primary antagonist. He is a constant force. Yeah. Uh, whether he is Eggman or Dr. Ivo slash Evo Robotnik, um, the main villain of a 
90s platformer series starring a blue anthropomorphic hedgehog is a rotund bald man with a large moustache uh, who makes robots and loves theme parks. I read that verbatim from my outline, uh, but it's pretty <laughs> funny when you think about it. Like, this is the villain of the Sonic games is this big old guy with a giant tash. He's, he's loud. He's proud of himself. He likes being a spectacle. He smells like eggs. Yeah. <laughs> well, that depends on the continuity, I think. Um, maybe he does, but we just don't acknowledge it in modern games. Yeah, think that nobody nobody with smell receptors gets that close to Eggman when you really think about it. It's like his robots. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And then I don't know, maybe in Sonic's in mid homing attack, maybe he gets a whiff and he's like, "Oh boy," and you can interpret that however. <laughs> <laughs> Or maybe he's just nose blind to it at this point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anytime one of Sonic's new friends encounters Eggman, they're like, oh, Jesus. Like, yeah, you get used to it. Well, you know, if we're talking about like the story, the golden book, Sonic the Hedgehog, he's a horrible little trash goblin, apparently, so that doesn't bother him. He's used to disgusting smells, so that's why he's the only hero <laughs> yeah. who can take on Robotnik. Yeah. <laughs> I like how we're starting this episode all about Dr. Robotic by being like, he probably smells bad. Yeah, his personal hygiene. <laughs> yes, this is a call-out post for Dr. Eggman, real-life terrible bad guy. First on the docket, stinks. <laughs> Secondly, um, did lots of war crimes and also and tried to enslave all of humanity slash furinity. Uh, That's a website. Um, so, <laughs> Third of all, bald. <laughs> yeah, third of all, bold. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So, um, where do we start with Dr. Eggman? Well, according to the spreadsheet and the analytics that we have available to us because of our secret headquarters now. Oh, oops, did I say that out loud? We have, <laughs> we, have, we have insider trade secrets about how, believe it or not, Eggman was based on Theodore Roosevelt. I bet nobody's ever known that. <laughs> You cannot talk about insider trading on a Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, <laughs> crap. That's too real right now. I'm going to get arrested. <laughs> More than once. <laughs> Send you oh, to no. double jail. <laughs> the, the five billion double dollar man. At one point, they were looking at different uh, ideas for what they wanted their new mascot character to be. And... The very, very earliest sketch of Eggman was one of these put forth as the, you know, potential hero. But then they're like, maybe not, but we like this design. We're going to hang on to it. And not long after, ended up being the main villain. And I think history was made that day. <laughs> yes, just not because I believe it's Naoto Oshima who designed the initial image here, which we'll, I've got it on the document so everyone can see this uh, this man with a big bushy mustache and pink pajama, polka dot pajamas, uh, holding a little p pillow. And um, yeah, like I don't think he was supposed to be based on Theodore Roosevelt, or at least that's what Oshima himself has said. Um, but he definitely bears a resemblance to at least one character from a Ghibli movie. I'm looking at this one from uh, Laputa here, who has like the you know the little the little goggles, the big mustache, the bald head, and uh, you know you know say one of many times that Laputa and Ghibli would be uh, referred <laughs> used as inspiration in Sonic the Hedgehog. That would continue to be a thing years later, like with uh, Spirit Away, we obviously got, uh, I believe his name was Komochi, 
the engineer guy? Yeah, the one with the the spider arms feeding yeah. the uh, the soot sprites down in the yes, yeah. I oh, think yeah. he he pops up in quite a few uh, movies after Laputa. I know at, at least Spirited Away. I can't remember if he's in Porco Rosso as well, but he's he's just one of those those guys that keeps popping up. And yes, very much looks like our our modern version of Doctor Eggman. It does make me wonder if that is you know based on like a caricature of a specific person maybe they were basing on theodore roosevelt (laughs) (laughs) the long history of teddy roosevelt in anime (laughs) and video games i will say like i i really enjoy this initial design of like basically sleepy time robotnik with the polka dot pajamas and everything and if sega were to somehow make even just like a little mini game or like a mobile game that starred like this version of eggman i'd be all about it because i'm just like what kind of dreamscape are you going to take me on sega whisk (laughs) me away (laughs) eggman into dreams yeah (laughs) i i want more like weird sonic spinoffs like that like and I feel like I feel like mobile games with like you know like you you would have the branding of Sonic, but that would just be perfect for like little experiments. Yeah, give me like a little Nemo, but yes, it's Doctor Eggman having bad dreams. <laughs> There's something adorable about that, actually. <laughs> I love the. You've also got another. Um, that very early uh, uh, piece of Sonic concept art that uh, Naoto Oshima like posted the full version of on Twitter not too recently. I love the uh, like the bumblebee coloring on this uh, giant <laughs> goblin Eggman in the background. <laughs> yeah, this guy clearly not to be meant to be the main villain, um, but the design is very similar to what we would finally get. But I love that little bumblebee design, and he looks like he fits in across uh, amongst all those weird monster characters and Madonna. Because uh, that's it was that era of Sonic concept <laughs> yeah. art. He looks like he fits in perfectly. Some kind of bumblebee, uh, uh, oni, or devil, <laughs> right next game- to Evil Glover. <laughs> evil <Yeah>. Glover. <laughs> the game is actually about uh, Bubble Man trying to put honeybees and other bees into robots to protect them because bees are endangered and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> really flipped it on its head for the final product. Yeah. <laughs> now, like now, I can't help but wonder if like there has been any media appearance or like like a comic or something where Eggman did dress up in either the pajamas or the bee suit, like as part of a gag or something. I feel like I've seen seen Eggman in pajamas in something. Was it used in the IDW one? Maybe the uh, the classic one. I know in Mania Adventures he was wearing the pajamas from the Man of the Year short, but yes, that's that's the one I recall as well. I I don't think we've seen these polka dot jammies, um, unless I'm missing something. No, he's got the uh, he's got the funny onesie in a uh, boom. That's for sure. Yeah, um, <laughs> and yeah, the that that the Man of the Year jammy jams in uh, Sonic Mania. Bring them back. They they would they would fit on a modern Eggman as well, <laughs> or a yeah. a a future classic story. One of these days, perhaps. This is the basis for what would be like uh, several offshoots of Robotnik's, because like we had we had classic Eggman, although we didn't know he was Eggman over here unless you had access to that material, I guess. I feel like the first one that stood out would be, like, as far as the offshoots that would be used in other continuities with wildly different designs, the first one that comes to mind is Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog Robotnik, who we have talked about in great detail before. 
And we will still. <laughs> Speaking of Robotniks, I love with all my heart. <laughs> <laughs> still the world's sexiest fat man. Yep, as intended. I Somebody just, oh, it was Dave posted, which I didn't recognize it, but I didn't reply. But, you know, who would your fan cast for, like, Dr. Robotnik that isn't Jim Carrey? And I, I mean, I immediately thought, like revisiting his music and also like videos like john baldry could have done it like yeah i absolutely would have loved to see him like do a at least a screen test like if he was still with us but yeah yes i I love adventures robotnik like the the john baldry's vocal interpretation especially like colors my view of classic robotnik a lot (laughs) It's, like, one of those things where, like, if someone was coming into this without hearing about Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog Robotnik before, and I don't know how that's possible on the internet these days, but (laughs) to to really try and, like, distill down what it is about this version of Robotnik that stands out from all the others, it's really hard. Like, yeah, there's Long John Broldry's magnificent performance, rolling his R's and eating the scenery every time he's on, (laughs) on screen, but he's... The design, they took the Greg Martin Robotnik and they sort of like stretched it out, played with the face and the, the body part. It's like, it's like they were playing Mario 64 and they were just pulling the yeah. face out. Like, yeah. Gave him got, a like, cone this, head. Yeah, the cone head, the big long nose, the, the, <laughs> the big orange moustache, the... They took the little cape design, and while technically he has a cape every now and then, and they just decided to give him, like, I think we've described it as, like, a target rectangle on <laughs> on his yeah. belly. Uh, and and little genie shoes for some reason. Uh-huh. So, and the gloves, and the... Oh, and a man. large, voluptuous ass. Yep. <laughs> like, it's a very notable part of his design. Like, if you look at the early concept art, they draw a lot of attention to his rear. And the animators, like, play with that a lot. Uh, It's just really... I mean, I know we joke a lot, but yes, that is an incredibly important aspect of his character, is his butt. Like, it's it's almost almost his... (laughs) It's almost his (laughs) co-star. Yeah, I really love this version of Robotnik. I don't know about the... I mean, who am I kidding? I know you guys love this version of Robotnik as well. Uh, It was just so strange. I mean, that's, you know, just one of the things about, I think part of the reason why Adventures Robotnik is so important is that, you know, this was basically kind of the thing that established, oh yeah, no, like Eggman, Eggman, Robotnik, whatever you want to call him, you can portray him in such distinctly different ways and it still, you know, feels natural to the character. We'll talk in a bit in a moment about the other Robotnik that was around at that time. But even with it was just Game Robotnik and Adventures Robotnik, it, you, you know, you had this big, very angry, distinctly evil looking interpretation of the character that's on all the box art and uh, the manuals and everything. And then you have this goofy goof up version. And yet <laughs> both of them still felt very distinctly Robotnik in some way or another. And I think that... The strength of a character is that you can portray them in completely different ways, in completely different mediums, but it doesn't feel like it betrays the spirit of the character in that way. Yeah. In the same way that, you know, like you look, you can have dark brooding Batman and then corny Silver Age Adam West Batman. They're (laughs) both still very much Batman. Yeah. 
And to like tag along to what you were saying, Luke, I, I think like it was especially important for them to, to, I mean, I know that, you know, the game Sonic was made in Japan, whereas the show was written in America and we don't have to talk about the animation process because that's, you know, <laughs> but, um, it's, there. Yeah. it gets complicated. <laughs> yeah, it sure does. But as far as like the, the styles of giving Robotnik a character, like in the games, you have the pretty straightforward thing of he's the bad guy. He's the boss that you fight. And so that gives him enough of a serious edge where you're just like, yeah, I'm Sonic and I'm going to beat the bad guy. But then you have the cartoon that's out at around the same time that, you know, gives him, like you said, like the big, goofy, super silly, extremely boisterous and confident version of Robotnik. And I think it was important back then, just as far as not only marketing, but establishing his character to be able to give that character the freedom to be able to move between those two extremes of like, he's super, he can be super serious, but also he's a drunk baby stumbling into a China shop. (laughs) (laughs) Which is really interesting. Like not to, not to leapfrog, but I, I think it is germane to, to go that the, both of the, the Robotniks, like you just mentioned, like the, the super edgy Greg Martin, scary eyeballs and adventures of Sonic are what make up STC Robotnik. Yeah. Who kind of splits the difference to where uh, he starts out, um, you know, uh, we will get to uh, uh, Dr. Professor Ovi Kintabor, but starts out um, looking like a Greg Martin Robotnik and then, yeah, undergoes a transformation and just straight straight up looks like Adventures of, of Sonic Robotnik for... for uh, I, does he ever change again? I'm, <laughs> I'm only like, the, like the, a- it's like the the design alters over time, but it's it's more or less still adventures for Robotnik. And at least like for the first, you know, for the majority of the original STC run, which is, you know, the first hundred issues or so, he's doesn't do a lot of super funny stuff. Like funny things happen to him, but he is distinctly different from an, an Adventures Robotnik, even though that is where the design comes from. And I I just think that's a good example of how it works. Like you can you can put Robotnik in in a lot of different situations and his like strongest design elements always come out like uh, shining uh, regardless if the character is supposed to be goofy or serious or a mix of both. And in Adventures Robotnik, in a weird way, he was kind of closer to classic Eggman than the Greg yes. Martin Western stylized <laughs> version of Robotnik was because he was all, like classic Eggman was always a bit silly. Yeah, I think like that's that's what you see from all the art is a silly little fat man. <laughs> I, I crack up every any time in Adventures or STC where they literally either talk about like, oh, he smells like eggs or he loves eating eggs. And a lot of that stuff is from the Bible material because I'm like, OK, they knew, though, like they knew that he was Eggman. <laughs> so they just decided to go with that weird aspect of it. Flashing back to the uh, a sentence from one of those talking about eating disgusting, undercooked, sunny side up eggs with his hands and getting all <laughs> over him. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, but I think that kind of does bring us to the opposite end of the spectrum of the Robotniks, because that's where we get into the other animated series. The Sonic the Hedgehog, a.k.a. Sat-A-M, as the fans would call it, and 
like adventures robotnik is ostensibly the dictator of mobius at least they call him that in the stories but we never see him like lording over the people we just see him in his observatory sort of like peering down at them like in his big lonjong bouldering but like, what we actually get in in satayem is the robotnik that took over the world yes he he blew it up damn you <laughs> damn you all the hell yep and he revels in every single delicious succulent second of his dictatorship yes like this is the especially like revisiting it i appreciate more now the campness of sat am robotnik <laughs> because he is like you know growing up as a kid you think he's the most evil horrend you know horrible thing ever and then revisiting you're like oh he does he gets a little silly sometimes but yes like the intention is that oh no he is a he is pure evil he would uh, you know, he would shoot his own grandma if it let him build one more robot factory on Mobius. <laughs> <laughs> this is, uh, and we've talked, like, in our previous Satayam episode, where we were discussing Blast to the Past, uh, about the, the the differences they take from, like, what was established in Sonic at that point. And, like, the biggest thing being that he's called Julian. Um, they, don't, they don't take anything, they don't call him Ivo or Evo or anything like that. He's Julian and then Robotnik. Um, yeah, not even in Sat AM, not even Kintober, which which Archie would throw in there. Yeah. But yeah, just just Julian. 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 <laughs> <laughs> the words of the king. <laughs> Julian. <laughs> which is a weird one, but um I, I mean I guess I guess I get it. Like just part of his trying to appear uh baby face before his heel turn right right yeah so there's like he introduces himself as julian it's like oh that's a friendly name i can uh -huh. trust you <laughs> if he introduced himself as robotnik well i'd be like oh no i don't know about that one <laughs> your name reminds me of the fries that i love so much <laughs> it's a stupid joke <laughs> I oh i get it <laughs> <laughs> Which, okay, now I'm realizing that, okay, for STC taking the funny Robotnik design and making him, like, a, you know, a horrible fascist, um, Archie Sonic did the opposite, where they started with the sad AM design, but for, like, the first 30 issues, it was just goofy Looney Tunes bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of fun how they play with it in that way. Like, I, I do wonder what if things were a little bit different and we did have basically the STC thing of they did originally draw him as Adventures Robotnik in Archie. And so it starts looking like the little golden books things we read earlier. Yeah. And then STC was just like, when he comes out of the egg, he's sad. I am Robotnik and was like that through the end. It's, it's an interesting what if, and I I would love to see the universe where that ended up being the route they took. Yeah, because Archie was just like, they were given like all this like Bible stuff for Sat-AM, but it was like really early Sat-AM that they were working with. So obviously had, they had this design of Robotnik on hand, but uh, they were also told, tell a bunch of funny little stories about these little animal critters against this silly fat man. And uh, that's that's what we got. But we got that looking Robotnik, 
that you know, I think we talked about it before, but he's just the thought of Satyam Robotnik being like, "Oh, Gadzooks, that pesky porcupine," and so on and so forth. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I think we specifically mention it when we were talking about Mecha Madness, uh, where you have a lovingly rendered Satyam Robotnik by Patrick Spaziente, but he's saying like, "Oh, golly, Jillikers, almost bit the big one there." And it's again. <laughs> <it's, laughs> But yeah, we'll, we'll, I'll say it again. There's a little bit of dissonance, but hey, like, like we said, that was just how it was back then. There was there was so much extra material that different uh, licensed Sonic properties were just sticking their hand in the bag and pulling out whatever they had. <laughs> I mean, there's another version of the, the like another universe out there where like that's just what Satyam Eggman was like the 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 show we got like instead of Adventures and Satyam was the silly one early on and Jim Cummings is like <laughs> Jim Cummings is voicing Robotnik like Pete from the Disney cartoons yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right the first one who captures the sneaky pest can name his own reward I want that hedgehog and I don't know if I would mind that very much, actually. That would be oh. pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> but we can't really cover all of Archie Robonic because I, I, I just suppose over time he started becoming more like Satyam Robonic. He started taking him a bit more seriously, I suppose, they say in quotes. But, you know, well, the stories, we've talked a little bit about the strangeness of those it is funny because even thinking about like okay when you think of the big serious story arc in Archie you think of Endgame right and even in like the first issue of that 47 where Princess Sally f***ing dies there is still like a funny joke of Sad AM Robotnik and Snively going down an emergency like slide uh, <laughs> to get to their escape vehicle and I'm like yeah I st- still wouldn't think that like the Robotnik from Sad AM would do that. That is too whimsical. Yeah. Although, you know, you mentioned he got more, you know, more like Sad AM Robotnik, and I sure do think the uh, Robo Robotnik who nuked his entire planet to kill his version of Sonic was probably the closest to Sad AM Robotnik. <laughs> and it is worth pointing out that, that pretty extreme version of Robotnik because that is the Robotnik who would take over essentially for the like I would say the rest of the comics run but at least until like the reboot yes uh, when that all of that was sent to the wayside where it belongs uh, but like that's the Robotnik that comes back and, and, and essentially that's the Robotnik who becomes Eggman in the comics yes he he was a robot who uploaded his consciousness then put himself in a new robot body that looked like dr eggman and then some other weird alien shenanigans happened and he got turned into a fully organic being and yeah so over the course of like another 30 to 40 issues became the modern version of dr eggman we know from the games but he was a mean guy and eventually Ian Flynn would write for him and he starts actually being a really interesting and terrifying character, but, well, I suppose we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we've briefly touched on it, but we might as well bring it up again. SDC Robotnik, Sonic the Comic, Fleetway, whatever you want to call him, based specifically on the Sonic Bible idea of Robotnik, where he's just, as we mentioned, the little gross man with his, eating eggs with his hands. I don't think that actually ever came up in SDC. But this is where um, Ovi Kintabor, like, also makes his his debut. 
Yeah, we've um, like we've talked in the uh, Bibles. I love that we can keep going like, and we've talked about this in our previous episode, like for just about every topic that we talk about now. Yeah, I feel like we're distending quite the law here. Um, <laughs> we've laid the groundwork, and now we stand upon it. Yeah, <laughs> the house that Evo built. <laughs> <laughs> but what we've got here is like, yeah, but like you mentioned it's basically taking the idea of the Greg Martin robotic and sort of like. I'd say fleshing him out, but what they've actually gone and done was, like, the the whole Kinterbor story, as we know, is about him absorbing the evil of the Chaos Emeralds. So, basically, what we don't get is, like, a complicated character with, like, interesting motives. We literally have a man who is bloated with evil and disgusting thoughts. <laughs> That's, I mean, like, it's not the most complex villain, but it, it's a scary one. <laughs> yeah i i know i i know i've brought it up like in discussions of like just the concept of ov kentober but i i always love the element of tragedy and using like the ov kentober like is is corrupted into uh evo robotnik because i i i'm kind of sad that like I don't know of any aspect of Sonic from back then even use that as like, oh, like Sonic's friend is still down in there somewhere. Like someday we'll fix him. I I, I just like that. Like, even though it's not really a thing, like I, I, I like that concept to where like, yes, he is like literally the most evil villain possible because he absorbed all this evil. But maybe uh, maybe the goodness is still down in there somewhere but well it didn't appear in stc but we're gonna get to a book one day that maybe plays into that a little bit so i'm thinking you'll go that's something for you to look forward to jeremy Ooh, okay. that's you're yes in. very much yeah. so. <laughs> i wonder what you could be referring to because <laughs> you know i'd love that part of stc but they do kind of cheat it by introducing that their computer has contober in yeah. the, you know and he he never really gets to i mean he does some things but then like he gets forgotten for like 30 issues at a time and then pops back up when they need him and i always thought like ah oh, that's kind of a cop out like he's still there he's he's just in the he's in the computer um, <laughs> robotic like stop all the downloading help computer <laughs> <laughs> I I will look forward to that someday. But that is my what well, that was ended up being my interpretation of Robotnik. I I'd obviously seen different versions, but that was the one I I used to really like because I was a dumb kid and I was just like, haha, he's just really bad and terrible and horrible and gross." Yeah, that's what a villain <laughs> should be. And technically speaking, I, I suppose in many ways we shouldn't get away from that. The villain should be really gross, horrible people sometimes because <laughs> that's life, folks. Yep. Um, yep. When you think, oh, no real human being could possibly be this nakedly evil in their actions and deeds. Oh, satire is dead. <laughs> so, um, but that I think like we need to finally talk about the big egg in the room. And that's uh, the one that we've seen for most of Robotnik slash Eggman's existence in this world is and this is a, an umbrella concept that covers so many versions where we're just going to get into like the basic version of him right now we're talking about the quote-unquote modern Eggman the design which premiered in Sonic Adventure yes indeed he doesn't have a cape anymore but he's in full three dimensions and you can really imagine the smell <laughs> and we're not just talking about his model either 
<laughs> He's got them big old toothpick legs, some kind of, who knows, jumpsuit, speed suit, weirdly designed, but incredibly stylish red jacket with those big shoulder pads. What a guy. While there's a certain iconic nature to the simplistic look of classic Eggman, which is where they, where this sort of like springboarded off of, they did decide to distill down like a lot of like, here's an evil scientist who likes doing mechanical things. So here's his big evil jacket for riding around in the ships. And he's a mad scientist. So you can see from his silly glasses. And also he's got like the little, the little goggles on his head. So you know that he does like welding work and stuff. They just sort of like really got the idea across. Look at this man. He likes doing mechanical evil things. I suppose that's probably what they were getting across (laughs) with this design. Yeah. (laughs) But he also has a sense of style and flair. I mean, you see his coattails. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yes, he's got them on the front and the back. Yeah. <laughs> he's got more tails than tails. Honestly, like, maybe it's just because it's the one that I've gotten the most used to because it's been around for so long. But I love modern Eggman. I love the design. I love the usual characterization. I feel like he is by far the most fully realized version of the character. I agree. Even though I think there's like a few more details added to his design in the modern form than like the in comparison to the classic form, I don't know. It feels like more streamlined and just more essential. And, and you know, that could just be the fact that we've had, we've at this point, we've definitely had way more years of this version of Eggman versus like the original Sonic the Hedgehog version of Eggman. But like, I don't know. It just, it feels quintessential. It's it's because of the tenure, like you're saying, like how much long we've had, and also like his appearance in very story heavy games and story heavy, like because that version, like we were just talking about, the version of classic Eggman slash Robotnik didn't really appear in lots of the ancillary media of Sonic because they were making their own versions of them. So, whereas this version of Eggman, we see in all sorts of things. Yeah, and I do feel like his design is the perfect complement to, like, Sonic's Sonic Adventure redesign. Mm. Like, stretching him out with the, the the longer quills, the longer limbs, the green eyes. And then, yes, kind of doing the same to Eggman, like, it giving him a more, a more humanoid build to where he is more Eggman-shaped and less, yeah. like, you know, a funny little rubber ball man. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it's just it's just good. Like you said, he's he's been around so long and even in like just the video games, like we have gotten so many different stories that show like the extremes of this Dr. Eggman's personality from like, you know, whimsical silly stuff like in in like the amusement park in colors to like, you know, more serious stuff in in uh uh Unleashed or like Frontiers recently. Um you know, even like Forces uh, like shows a, a a particular like insane side of Doctor Eggman that I like, <laughs> where like oh no he's taken over the entire planet like this this Eggman can still do that like eat your heart out sad am Robotnik yeah <laughs> they do bring that back for that game specifically uh, yeah <laughs> and they don't do it again yeah. uh, <laughs> I I really like this guy even if he does tend to be like the final boss unless he's uh, happens to be experimenting with some sort of like ancient god or uh, i don't know some other villain who's more powerful than him and that always ends up biting him almost every time yeah a really big salamander 
He does have a bad habit of trusting where he really should not, let's say. (laughs) It's that Arrested Development clip where Tobias and Lindsay talking. Did it work for those people? (laughs) No, it never does. I mean, these people somehow delude themselves into thinking it might, but... (laughs) but it might work for us. (laughs) (laughs) Like every other time you've dug up an uncontrollable force of nature or evil, it's backfired, but not this time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like the hubris of Eggman is like a recurring thing. He never learns because he he really does feel like this is the time I'm going to get it. I'm smart enough to do it this time. I've learned from my mistakes. I've done all the calculations. But no. And you know what? That's not doesn't mean he's an idiot, because he's a very smart man. Have you not seen his canonical IQ? I forget what it is, but it's 300. pretty big. 300. Oh, okay, there we go. And Tails, <laughs> but then Tails is, is not far off as far as I know, so never it's, mind. It's also 300. But he's a smart guy, but, you know, he just... I don't think it speaks to his lack of intelligence. It's just his tunnel vision. <laughs> like, he's obviously... He's considered lots of stuff, but also he really wants to do it this time. (laughs) Yeah, no. And honestly, I think that's a really good character flaw. Like, to, you know, he's got the means and the know-how to make this stuff happen, but, you know, he gets so self-obsessed and, you know, has that tunnel vision that he misses the obvious stuff right in front of him. And I think that's a great way of kind of beyond just Sonic wrecking his plans, it's nice that there's an element of part of it is foiled by his own hubris. I think that's yeah. a really interesting character yeah. trait. If, if anything, it's his lack of emotional intelligence that does it <laughs> in. Yeah. Like he's a, he's a smart guy. Like I, I love the, the wild uh, uh, interpretations of, of Robotnik that talk about like, Oh yeah. He was the first to contact aliens with his homemade radio at age four <laughs> or something. But no, like he's a, he's a self obsessed, like, and I mean this in an affectionate, like funny way and not like the, the dire modern interpretation, but he's a man child. Like he, that's why he, he builds amusement parks like yeah. he he takes over the world and builds giant roller coasters with his name on them like because he wants and, and you know we talked about like how good that teeny bit of lore and frontiers yeah. is where he's like everyone should look at me because i'm so great <laughs> <laughs> And I I love that because because it's a good contrast to some of the best interactions with Sonic that Sonic is like a cool um, like devil may care character. But he's also like at his best is emotionally intelligent, like because he's empathetic and knows like what his you know, what his friends are thinking and stuff like that. And Eggman just has none of that. Like he he makes his own friends in the form of like silly robot sidekicks and then doesn't understand (laughs) why they're so bumbling. And it's like. (laughs) my man (laughs) but isn't it funny like sonic and eggman are both like a bit headstrong a lot of the time and just like definitely don't look before they leap before diving into something i feel like it's kind of funny that you've got that sort of reflection of each other yeah i love their dynamic in preparation for this episode i i wanted to go back and like revisit a few like key things from especially modern eggman's like just tenure and one of the things i went back and watched because I, I couldn't remember all the dialogue was the ending scene like during the credits of um, SA2 and 
It, it just reminded me that like with modern Eggman, we also got to see, like we talked earlier about, we got to see the two extremes of him either being super serious, or super goofy. But even as early as SA2, we started to see him have more funny enough since he's the only human, more human elements to his character. Because at the end of SA2, he's starting to kind of wax poetic and philosophical about how when he was growing up, he looked up to his grandfather, Gerald Robotnik, and like all of his accomplishments and everything. And then, you know, after everything's said and done and after the smoke is cleared, he's like reflecting on it. And he's, he literally says, did he really mean to destroy us? And like that shows some sort of self-reflection and some sort of analysis of not only his character, but his family line. And that also ties into what we were talking about earlier about the that little bit of lore that we get in Frontiers about how he feels about his cousin Maria. Yeah, I, I think I think that is a a great moment for for Eggman in the like the reflection in the credits of of Sonic Adventure Two because I I think he's you know because even though he I mean Eggman does bad things in that same game he does blow up half the moon yep. <laughs> but I I think he justifies it in his head that. Oh, it wasn't that bad. And I even like the the little the little mini arc you get in the Sonic X a- adaptation where he does fix the moon. So like that logic of like, oh no, he he is committing terrorist acts against the entire earth, but in the back of his head he's like, "I I can fix the moon. Like don't worry about it." <laughs> he also in the same game he also blew up an island. He single-handedly invaded and almost destroyed a secret military base to get shadow yes (laughs) (laughs) but you know it was it was not as bad as destroying the entire planet out of out of bloodthirsty revenge like his grandfather and so i i do think that was a little bit of reflection on like of course eggman goes on to like he will always justify his actions but yeah the fact that he saw his grandfather like you know call for the destruction of all humanity well that was just a little bit too far (laughs) yeah i'm not actually about that Yeah, it it also kind of reminds me of the um, you know people pass it around a lot, but the 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 clip from Sonic X where you know Sonic does the whatever transformation, the dark supersonic, etc., and Eggman kind of comes in to rescue Sonic and his friends, and basically tells him in so many words that like, oh no, Sonic, you're better than this. Like oh, yeah. this this isn't you. Like he it's. The, the English dub like really softens it. I, I can't remember the exact line, but he he basically says like you th- you don't do this, Sonic. Like you're letting your anger take. Leave this to the bad guys like me. <laughs> yeah, basically. But I, I think it, he even has a line that says like you know what I'm going to pretend I didn't even see anything and let you know let your friends collect yourselves and go because it, you know that kind of dips into the like Sonic and Eggman are lifelong sworn enemies but also there is a kind of warped mutual respect there at the end of the day (laughs) i do like that's probably true but there's also a part in the back of my brain that's like maybe it was like oh god another transformation i'm gonna nip this one in the (laughs) (laughs) bud yes there you go (laughs) like he sees it on the monitor and he's like oh boy well Jeez, what's some dumb hippie bullshit Sonic would say? Okay. <laughs> Honestly, though, I'm glad we are bringing up uh, the Sonic X version of Eggman because I feel like that is a version that really had a lot of opportunities to dive into kind of Eggman's character and some of his motivations. Like, I've talked about this before, but one of my favorite episodes of Sonic X is 
the one where uh, they're in the chaotic start a cafe and Sonic and his friends are hanging out in there. Cause that one is one that like really does dig in on, you know, Eggman's motivations and how he feels about Sonic and just a lot of really kind of interesting pathos to the character. There's a lot, lot of good opportunities in, in Sonic X for Eggman to show his more comedic side. And hey, I think it works in Sonic X more often than it doesn't when it gets really silly goofy. But it is nice to see that version of Eggman like do some some funny stuff in that show. Yeah. Really is telling how much time we spent talking about this one iteration of Eggman. <laughs> but that's because it covers so much ground. It really like, does. This is the Eggman slash Robotnik that we've dealt with for so long, and we'll probably get more into the uh, different interpretations of this version, but we should probably acknowledge the remaining ones that we which we should probably give some lip service to. And I feel like maybe now is a good time to talk about the Eggman from Sonic Boom, who is just a silly man. He really is. <laughs> he... I love his design that is, like, very different. Like, compared to Game Eggman, Boom Eggman is more built like a brick <laughs> house. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, his his design is kind of more military, almost, and it's... Uh, kind of leaning leaning into the dictator aspect that a lot leaning of Leaning a little bit into, like, ones. an old-fashioned, like, action movie, like, villain, like, you know, like, over the day, or, like, because they look at the moustache and you see him literally... You can see that guy literally twirling his moustache, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. He also, as far as his form factor, he's... <laughs> he hit the gym a little bit more. He's got some more gains up at the top, so... <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. more of the inverted egg shape instead of... Uh... <laughs> yeah. This is... Sorry, women. This is what peak male performance looks like. <laughs> <laughs> and I I do love that the... I mean, just Boom as a whole, especially the show, is like, yes, these are like the game versions of these characters, but just tweaked ever so much to be more like comedic and i i love that about boom Eggman. i love when he talks about his parents and his you know his bad childhood <laughs> and, and just goofy stuff like that and oh man whenever whenever i think of boom Eggman, i think about the early episode where god something goes wrong at his base and he has to he he asks sonic and tails if he can't sleep over in their <laughs> yeah that was like the first episode yeah, it's pretty early, and one of the the gags is him uh, sleeping on their couch, and he's snoring and cackling evilly when he <laughs> exhales. <laughs> it's a, it's a, a a wonderful performance by Mike Pollock as well. <laughs> it's Mike Pollock getting to show his comedic chops yes. in a way that isn't like overly exaggerated as it often was in like uh, the Four Kids anime dub. So he has to just do these real, like, funny bits. Like, I remember from the very same episode where, like, Amy comes up to him and asks him if he's eating his feelings. Do you feel scared without a home? Do you feel alone? Are you eating your feelings? Somebody get her away from me! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I always remember... I wish I could even remember, like, the, the contents of the whole episode, but I just remember this episode where Eggman, I think, takes Sonic to court, and he's got, like, a cast on his arm, and there's just some really wild, crazy stuff happening in the court, and my friend and I were watching it, and we just, like, we pause it, and we're just like, what are we watching right now? Yeah. <laughs> and then we continued. It's a simplified version of Eggman that just, just 
that that just sort of like concentrates him down to the the silliest parts of his character. Yeah, but I just really like it because it's like it's a low stake. For the most part, Sonic Boom is just like a really low stakes story, and so we've got this little low stakes villain who can just literally sleep over at the uh, the hero's home yeah and it's fine <laughs> yeah it's, it's yeah. like if you take uh it's like if you took the adventures of sonic uh robotnik and then like made him just a little bit more mature but still just as if not sometimes more goofy <laughs> it's if he's mellowed out in the years and he's just that's like, a good way to put it <laughs> i don't have time for this anymore sonic <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're gonna let me take over the world or not let's let's cut to the chase <laughs> i gave myself too many promotions i ran out <laughs> Yeah, I just like this version of Eggman. There's there's not a whole lot to say, and sadly, I don't think we're going to see anything more of him. But you know, like I feel like aspects of this Eggman because it's just like a simplified version of the character, with like just with slightly different characterization and the chance to do silly things like talk about his father and things like that. That <laughs> you know, it's it's just fine, and we still see elements of this in current Eggman because there are plenty of chances for comedy from that guy. Yeah. Yes. That 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 is the 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 good thing about Boom is if you tone down the comedy a little bit, you can transpose like a lot of of the comedy from Boom to like the modern game Sonic as well. <laughs> you know, not as not as wackety schmackety, but still pretty funny. You could you could definitely give Eggman some of some of those jokes. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty telling that Ian Flynn wrote a couple episodes for it and obviously he got the characterization right away because all the characters are just simplified sillier versions of the their in-game selves but i suppose we'll get into that in the future when we talk about boom properly <laughs> when we talk about sonic f i mean boom yes boom <laughs> <laughs> i feel like there's one more like alternate universe version of robotnik slash eggman worth talking about and that is the live action movie robotnik yeah it is just robotnik again although he's called eggman as a nickname but this is he's jim carrey isn't he yes he is yeah yeah i you know i was just thinking that and i think it was because i was reading some stc is if there was a if if there was an element they could have used, like I'm surprised they didn't try and incorporate something with a like a, a version of Ovi Kintabor for movie Robotnik because Jim Carrey kind of looks like some of those old yeah. Ovi illustrations. Yeah, I love and I, I guess the the teaser at the end of the first Sonic movie, you know, that leads into the second where he is very much in a like, you know, a Dr. Eggman outfit. I was almost like, oh, man, are they going to do it? Are they going to kind of? And they not really. No, there is no acknowledgement of his like transformation into the the evil Dr. Robotnik Eggman. But I, I think they could have pulled it off. And, you know, with how those movies go, like, I will not be surprised if they reference literally anything in sonic's history <laughs> we, we we'll see we'll see like when you look at the version the original version as presented in the movie with the hair and the smaller mustache he's like they, they did they did make for him make him like a an egotistical tech bro who's sort of like really full of himself and really full of his inventions and that kind of works for a modern version of Eggman but he still is just a, a Jim Carrey ass performance out of this character even even in that second movie where he's dialed it up I kind of still wanted a little bit more 
Um, it's I, I I don't dislike it. It's it's just I uh, yeah I wanted a little bit more sauce on it I suppose. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, even in that first one where it it, it is weird where it, it's kind of a half measure where he has like. Uh, he has the bad nicks, but are very more, you know, they look like Apple products. And then yeah. even in the second movie, they get a, a more, they start to look more like animal bad nicks. And yeah, I, I think Jim Carrey's performance works fine, especially for that first movie, which is a, you know, we've talked in our other Sonic movie discussions is, is a good one of those movies with Sonic characters in it. Mm-hmm. We we don't actually know for sure if he's if he was serious about not coming back for the third movie, but I would say I'd I'd miss it if it if it wasn't in a in a third movie to see like just how far he dials up the Eggman part of the yeah. the role for yeah. sure. Maybe a few less um <laughs> limp biscuit jokes in the future. <laughs> but, I mean, we've covered it. That is the worst part is the very awkward pop culture references like uh it really really brings it to a screeching halt. <laughs> <laughs> what it comes down to is like and we'll get into it like we've gotten into it already but they would they wanted to try and like build a character for Eggman that wasn't just like well, as they described it a mustache twirling supervillain they wanted to make him a human character but what they actually did is they literally made a real cartoon character because they got Jim Carrey to play him yeah. and come up with lines <laughs> for him <laughs> that's kind of been his thing for his most of his career for better or worse (laughs) i do like the idea that he's this guy who always thinks he's always the smartest guy in the room and (laughs) that's why he's so full of himself and puts his face on everything and (laughs) it, it, it checks out and it does kind of track with the Eggman that we know I feel like actually good characterizations of Eggman will be seen in other things than 90 minute movies starring Jim freaking <laughs> And I like we like those movies by the way we really do oh, yeah. but you know it's it's fi- it's fine for what it is We're not coming to those movies for you know, nuanced portrayal. No. no. <laughs> no. <laughs> At least not from the human characters. I feel like Tails and Knuckles got some pretty good character arcs that were <laughs> treated with the, the the seriousness and legitimacy that Sonic the Hedgehog demands. <laughs> yeah. It's just, when it comes down to, like, in when you're getting a movie version of a video game character, we could have done so much oh, worse gosh. than what we got in those movies. Yep. <laughs> I really do think that it, it, it like there, there's some good star power already in the movie, but like Jim Carrey, his star power alone really brings just so much more like in my mind, believe it or not credibility to the Sonic movies. And I just love the fact that he, he, attached himself to these movies. Cause you know, we all know like Hollywood and, and stuff like that just does not have a good track record with video game movies in general. And I feel like if anybody were to know it, I feel like Jim Carrey would be at least fairly aware of that fact too. But like just by him being him, but also him putting on the name Robotnik, I feel like it, it just works so perfectly for those movies. And like, like we said earlier, I can't wait to see just how more he ramp, how much more he ramps it up for the third movie because it like in retrospect he's had like a gradual progression of just how eggmany he's gotten through the movies like it you know we said it at first like he was very slick and 
I'm I know everything kind of guy in the first movie, and he gets a little bit more crazy, and then a little bit more, and a little bit more, and especially in the second movie, more so and more so, and does a lot of mushrooms. Yes, does a lot yeah. of mushrooms. <laughs> and now you know I've got the jitters. Now I'm just I'm excited to see what the third movie has, especially for Eggman. <laughs> no, I really no, hope he comes back. Then <laughs> I really hope he's, his his uh, retirement is just a a, a bit. I, th- I think he's retired like five times. <laughs> Yes, I was going to say not to get into it, but like um, as far as him speaking as like a normal human making statements on social media, I don't like trust a word he says. <laughs> he's, you know, he he's a character. That's for certain. Um, I do think you're right. You know, as much as like especially this group, we we would talk about the le- legitimacy of attaching like big Hollywood names to like animated children's movies i do think you're right about the fact that they got jim carrey uh to put his name on like the poster for the sonic movie of all things <laughs> um that 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 probably did like you know talk about like uh, people our age are a little older who like have kids and it's like oh jim carrey's gonna be in that sonic movie <laughs> i loved all his dumb crap from the 90s when, yeah when sign me up <laughs> <laughs> exactly so and, i remember yeah. jim carry i remember sonic the hedgehog yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what they were thinking when they thought yep. this is like and uh, they were right and gang and gangsters paradise <laughs> and yes oh lord and i mean i don't think i think you would really have to argue that they did not just like let him loose to do his jim carrey thing like mm-hmm. I, you know, you could argue like, hey, man, are you, you know, are you too old to do this anymore? But I think he did his Jim Carrey thing for certain. I I don't think he phoned it in. Oh, yeah, no. (laughs) So, yes, I, I too, I am, I'm hoping he gets more Eggman crazy in the future. (laughs) (laughs) Although maybe we'll get a nuanced uh, Jim Carrey Eggman talking about his grandfather. (laughs) You never know. Uh, yes. Oh no. We're we're his entire thing is cyclical. We're moving out of the the uh, insane nineties movies and into his dramatic period. <laughs> we're gonna get an internal eternal sunshine performance at in Sonic oh the Hedgehog gosh. the movie three. Well, as long as we don't get, you know, Dr. Eggman's the number twenty three, okay. <laughs> No boy. It stinks. <laughs> well, you know, there there is that one moment in the Grinch where he self reflects and then he has a heart attack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that could happen for number three. Well, that covers just about the main, like the major Eggman, um, in terms of iterations of the character. The Eggman? Yeah, the Eggman. <laughs> the Eggman family. Dr. Eggman. I feel like we need to get into, like, well, now we've covered all those, I just want to get into a few egg, what well, I've listed as egg topics in the outline. <laughs> and uh, the first on the on the itinerary here is the egg family, because we've, we've touched on that briefly. We just did right a moment ago. Um... Because he he doesn't always have a family. Yeah. Uh, certainly didn't in STC. Like <laughs> they never really got into that. But in the games, of course, we find out about Maria and Gerald Robotnik, uh, which sort of like helped canonize the fact that he is no matter what version he is technically Robotnik when it comes down to it. I love it so <laughs> much. <laughs> Every time I think about it, I I love it more and more. <laughs> the family Robotnik. <laughs> 
I mean, if you're going to pick one of the names to be his actual family name, I think Robotnik works maybe a little better than Eggman, unless, of course, you are, as we often joke, pronouncing it as Eggman. Eggman. <laughs> Which would be pretty good, too, actually, now I think about it. Uh, in Siam and Archie, he's got Snively and the rest. Uh, <laughs> Colin and the gang. And oh oh yeah, you added <laughs> we've got the addition and AOSTHS Mama Robotnik and Robotnik Junior. <laughs> Wait, didn't hang on a moment. Like I know Mama Robotnik is a legendary character, often revived thanks solely to the efforts of John Gray of yes. the Archie and IDW Sonic comic. God thing. bless him. <laughs> but um, Robotnik Junior wasn't that a son that he made? Yes, but at the same time, as we're going to establish, family is allowed to be artificially constructed. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> like, before Sonic Frontiers and Sage, he was making his own... Like, we, we acknowledged Omelette or Egget, if you will, uh, in the past. But yeah, he was actually making his own progeny early on. I'd forgotten about that. <laughs> yes. Yep. And if you remember, he immediately rebels against his father and eventually falls in love and marries fellow badnik Breezy. As you would expect from that character story arc, yes. Yeah, oh, yeah sure. Not. <laughs> <laughs> An egg of they set it up. They set it up in episode three, and uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> so, um, okay. So, what is like the various families of Eggman? What do they say about, and what do they add to the character? Do you think? I will say, if we were having this discussion even five months ago. I would probably have a very different perspective on the topic. Yeah. Yes. I was about to say the fact that Robotnik is directly related to Maria and Gerald is seem to be until like, like you were setting up until frontiers to where we actually get to hear his brief thoughts on his cousin. Um, just kind of seemed like a, a weird, like, Oh yeah. Eggman Robotnik is his grandfather created the arc, you know, tried to tried to doom the planet. Maria was shadows, uh, friend and caretaker and family. And, it always just seemed like a matter of fact thing. Like when you really think about it, like Eggman did not have to be connected to them directly. Um, but yeah, the fact that now we know that he, I don't even know if like was, was Dr. Eggman around as a young child when Maria was alive. Like we're, we're still not a hundred percent sure, but we do know that he, what he did know of her, you know, now we know like kind of resented the fact mm-hmm. that she got so much attention for being murdered. <laughs> Dr. Eggman, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that is so petty and terrible. Oh. That's oh, it's so good! It's so good! It's a it's a special kind of comedic narcissism that fits Doctor Eggman so well. It's it reminds me of like a really dark Simpsons joke, like from back in the day, like like at Maria's funeral, and he just comes in, you know, look at me, I'm great, I am so great. Look at me, <laughs> it's like a Futurama joke where Bender comes in. <laughs> oh yeah, talking about the uh, Fry's dead dog. <laughs> Poor Maria Grimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um. Like, it's, <laughs> sorry. It's just the idea of Robotnik being like, oh, yeah, her funeral has to make it all about her. <laughs> <laughs> now that's a Boom Eggman joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe a bit dark for Boom, but I like it. <laughs> yeah, Eggman's, Eggman's one of the characters is actually allowed to have family. Like, it's not a big part of, like, 
all the games. It's not like he's always talking about them. Although he would if Ian Flynn had his way, apparently. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and also at times makes no sense at all. Like in, uh, you know, back when they were trying to do the two worlds thing and especially Sonic X. And you're like, no, wait, hold on a second. Uh, don't think about this for any period of time <laughs> of where Eggman came from. I think it's always supposed to be implied that he's from Earth originally. Like, of course, now Earth is everything, so I guess that <laughs> still works. Uh-huh. But, you know, there's always that part of my brain that tries to be like, how do we make this work? I guess he went to Sonic's world at one point and then came back. I don't know. I, he fell in a hole when he was a baby and <laughs> yeah. ended up in <laughs> Sonic's world. <laughs> Sonic's world. So we we asked the question, you asked the question off the top, like, what does his family say about him? I, I think if I was to be the guy who answers it straightforward, which I'm going to be right now, right. <laughs> um, I think based on all of his relationships, whether it's uh, Sad AM and Archie, or if it's the video games up to a certain point, I, I would say, like, he's always, like, the most dominant positioned person of the family and the, and by saying that i mean like he's the one who always is in charge and always is the more aggressive personality um but now that of course i feel like <laughs> i feel like in future podcasts we're always going to be like but now that we have frontiers <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. but i mean it's kind of hard not to <laughs> but yeah but now that we do have frontiers we get to see a much softer more truly paternal version of of Eggman because of Sage and that's if they I mean you know we have that end credit scene in the game where Sage is going to come back in some form and so now that we know that that's going to be a really interesting character piece for Eggman to incorporate into his life going forward into whatever games come after this I'm I'm very excited to see the Sage's follow-up appearance and and working her dynamic with Eggman more into a a you know a follow-up to to Frontiers. I think when it really comes down to it, like if I'm truly going to directly answer the question that I posited at the beginning of this section as what does Eggman's family say about him? The real answer is nothing because they're all dead uh, moving on. <laughs> I, okay i do want to give a special shout out to his extended family in archie you know yeah. the, the over the overlanders that take the robotnik name for absolutely hating his guts <laughs> even before he became dr robotnik like if i'm remembering my archie lore and like the end game uh supersonic special number six uncut edition like they were straight up going to like arrest him and put him in prison for crimes against humanity <laughs> and he had to run away and like trick the furries into like accepting him uh, as one of their own before he could just you know do all the same garbage to them and take over that part of the world and um i think yeah after after he becomes eggman a lot of his family comes back down from outer space i think i think they were on like a space like a a lowercase a arc <laughs> And they come back down, they're like, there's nothing out there. And they're like, oh my goodness, it's Julian, our, you know, our long lost son. And he's just like, hey, fuck all y'all, and turns them all into (laughs) robot statues. I I think I've brought that story up before. I still think it's very funny. Yeah. 
<laughs> like you bring in these characters that we don't want to see and then immediately get rid of them is what I like to see. <laughs> Kill them all. And there there is a lot of good drama in in Sad AM in Archie of just like, you know, Snively is his just I mean, he's this weaselly little nephew who only sticks around because, like, he could not survive on his own. He is riding Uncle Julian's coattails until the minute he can stab him in the back. But that's about it for Eggman's family, I think. Um, <laughs> although this does lead us into, because Satyam Robotnik is known for, like, being, his made one of his major things aside from his obvious sadism and weird um sexually charged reads of his lines um <laughs> is the fact that he's taken over the world and we talked about the fact that at least in that version and like yeah satayem in archie in stc one of the major things about robotnik is that he's a dictator who's taken over the world uh, it's been revisited quite a few times. Uh, we didn't actually touch on Underground, but that's also a thing, but I don't really want to spend too much time thinking about Underground right now. Uh, under, underground is just budget set I am. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we're adding Underground and the entirety of Sonic 06 to our topics we will get to eventually, but when we can do it without being mean the entire time. <laughs> but yeah, like... What what else is there to say about Underground Robotnik other than, as you just said, Luke, it's Sad AM Robotnik done worse. <laughs> so we've got, so it's got the same thing of he's, he's the dictator of the world. And like, this is, that is like a recurring thing. Like for the, the West introduced the idea that Robotnik is a dictator. I like, aside, aside from like giving him the uh, weird black eyes, why did they do that? Like, why was that a thing that came up? Is that just to give him more menace, to make him more of an actual threat? I, yeah, I've never really thought about it. It sure feels like the default was to make the bad guy kind of someone who was already one. And so you have a, a scrappy group of freedom fighters and that's a constant source of conflict for like you know plots i mean i'm thinking about like he-man with skeletor who's kind of you know has a huge hold on the kingdom in a lot of those original stories and and, and even reboots of he-man or um you know like oh geez i'm just thinking about any cartoon from the 90s of mighty max or or uh, uh stuff like that to where as long as your 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 bad guy has already like achieved a huge victory, you can always come up with another plot of like, oh, but we're gonna chip away at it a little bit at a time with our heroes. Everybody and, loves an underdog story. Yeah, yeah, and like even uh, you know even even though I think it it predates it by a little bit, like Captain Planet, that was its whole thing is having these huge over the top polluting villains that just love being evil for the sake of being evil and they already have like oh you know this guy he's already dumping oil into the ocean or he has huge factories and oh we gotta send the planeteers out to take this one little part of that down and achieve a victory over this villain and i i guess that's that might be a reason also like it's super easy to like 
we as the 90s uh, uh, Western society agree that dictators that seize power are universally bad. And so having your villain be one of those is also like pretty easy shorthand. I would imagine that's where like in a lot of exaggeration in Western uh, Robotnik's design comes from is he does kind of have a like a over the top like military dictator costume on with his much longer cape and weird uniform and etc etc yeah i think that's just something they decided that gives the stories more stakes that's why they decided to take this guy who's just going around trying to take over the world and like nope you already did now you're trying to take it back i think that is more interesting and maybe that's why they go they've gone back to it a few times like in sonic forces and in sonic prime in the alternate universe and I mean, you know, we we poke at it a lot because there's a lot of holes in it, but it is a good example in forces to where it just kind of doesn't work if you don't do anything with it. Um, I almost think that uh, Eggman Land in Sonic Unleashed and... Um, uh, the amusement park in Sonic Colors is a better example of doing that in the games because being a slog to play aside, Eggman Land in Sonic Unleashed is kind of a like, oh no, like we've kind of failed. Like he's already started. Like <laughs> he has converted one of these continents to his own, you know, devious machinations. We gotta, we gotta put a stop to this. And yeah, like in Sonic Colors, he has enslaved these poor, adorable little, uh, uh, wisps and like, oh no, he's like, he's already finished. Like <laughs> we, we, we now have to disassemble this. Um, we never really talk about Eggman land. Like in this, uh, we've not actually brought it up despite it being a big part of like modern Eggman's character and that's kind of like yeah like you said it's a version of that where that's his goal he's always talking about Eggman land he's been talking about it for a long time or Robotnik land if you're going by the dub of Sonic Adventure uh, the idea of like being this place that he takes over and turns into a giant theme park because he likes theme parks yeah. Or or Robotropolis all the way back into the OVA, mm-hmm. which in you know, in the Japanese version he says Eggman Land. That yep. is the that is the city he lives in. <laughs> I played so much roller coaster tycoon as a kid and I thought I want to do this for real. Yeah. <laughs> Eggman is the kind of guy who would spend weeks setting up a Sim City and then turn all of the natural disasters up to hundred <laughs> percent. <laughs> I built a roller coaster and then didn't build an end to it. I love watching all the civilians crash and burn. There's just <laughs> something special about it that warms my heart. The ride never ends. <laughs> Next, I'm going to build a Sims pool and set it on fire. <laughs> I made a theme park that has free admission, but the bathrooms are $100 to use. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Insert a reference to Disneyland here. It's based basically the same thing <laughs> yes the most evil plan of all capitalism <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah i kind of like it but i don't know i don't know if we always need it in sonic media but i feel like it's a great sort of it sets goals for the protagonist to have to fight against and eventually take down as would happen in various iterations of sonic media though you've got this big ominous thing the robotics taken over and now you need to get rid of it and like eventually you get rid of that and hey gives you more of a goal than just like well i'm here again with another funky robot which is fine enough but. 
I, I do like the threat, though, because thinking of like uh, zones like Chemical Plant, like that's the second zone in Sonic 2. And it's like the the world in the games is big enough for Eggman to like establish these big factories mm. or like Oil Ocean where he's like you know, sucking out natural resources from the planet. And like the the world is big enough for him to get away with that until Sonic like stumbles upon it and goes, no, this is no good. I feel like in the games that just works a little bit better than like, oh, he's taken over the entire planet and like, oh boy, the, you know, you're, you're really working uphill. And I mean, the logistics yeah. of that. <laughs> Uh, like we said, hey, we're just continuing to kind of shit on forces. But yeah, like it just it doesn't feel like the stakes are as high as they should be in forces. And and again, just makes me not saying that they couldn't make it work. It's just it doesn't in that game. I'm going to start out by conquering a smaller region and, you know, manage it until it can become self-sufficient and then work from there. Yeah, but to be fair, like, Eggman wouldn't actually go with that. He's like, nope, taking it all over. What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I, I was talking in circles there because I couldn't remember what I wanted to actually bring up, which is I love the egg bosses in late stage Archie Sonic, which are groups of not always sometimes partially roboticized um but sometimes just flesh and blood mobians who have basically like had their the where they live conquered by dr eggman and i'm sure there was some kind of devil's bargain where he said like you can either help me run or i can roboticize you as a Mm. you know a robotic slave and I think they did a lot of really fun stuff with that in Archie. You had lots of conflict. I believe there is a a a huge fight um between is it Bunny and her uncle? Yep. Um who like she goes to visit and it's slowly revealed that like, oh, he's become one of Eggman's egg bosses and like is trying to reason with Bunny saying like, look, like this is the easiest thing. Just hand let's let's capture Sonic, hand him over to Eggman. It won't be that bad. And um another like unfinished storyline that I just will forever like wonder what could have been was the story of uh Clove and her sister, um Cassia, the pronghorn deer. Oh yeah. yeah. Um because cause Cassia was a she's fully roboticized, but also like um I don't remember the exact details, but was like roboticized because otherwise she like she would have died like she had some kind of horrible injury or like a disease or disability um you know kind of kind of similar to like alternate world bunny from scourge's world who also like instead of roboticized was like horribly crippled by a uh, like a childhood disease but yeah and so you have like uh clove became an egg boss with her sister basically to save her life like eggman said like i could just turn her into a robot and robots don't die (laughs) (laughs) and there was always in her interactions with sonic like this bit of underpinning like i don't really want to do this or i don't believe in this but what else am i gonna do and yeah i I love that. I mean, we brought up the, uh, the, 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 the chinchilla thunderbolt, the chinchilla was about to bring her up. Yeah. Then there's the one who just loves Eggman. <laughs> yes. Loves him to death is just, oh man. And I, I just, it was a great, just like aspect of those late RM Archie stories before the reboot that was like, and you know, you know, we kind of joked about, um, you know, <laughs> 
<laughs> satire and, and real people in the world. But yeah, there probably are people that would just be like, yeah, sure, let Eggman take over. She probably won't be that bad. Uh, surely he won't roboticize me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's it. Like, that's the, sort of, that's the sort of stuff which I like when we get these sort of Eggman stories is sort of like the, well, when a bad person takes over, what actually happens? Uh, it turns out lots of people are like, cool i really wanted this so <laughs> yeah <laughs> look look into some uh american newspaper headlines from the late 30s when uh things were happening in europe <laughs> yeah oh dental it there this is the most we've used that song i know really (laughs) i mean it's the eggman episode that's what i am (laughs) yeah but like Hey, Eggman was never going to be that bad. <laughs> that's, that's what we thought. Um, when it comes down to it, like you talk about, we haven't really talked about stuff like the levels of evil when it comes to the different versions of Robotnik slash Eggman. And we've got like the one, the guy who roboticizes people, or even like when it's not roboticization, but it's like the STC style of like I'm just putting people in badniks and they're aware of it the whole time, and it's really bad. Or, or like all yeah. the Cybernik thing with short fuse. Oh, where he's, like, trapped inside a robot for the rest of his life that's the whole point of it yeah and he won't let you he won't let you forget about that every time he shows up but anyway that's a a topic for another time but like like that when depending on how evil you want your robotnik to be he can do some pretty messed up stuff yeah like we you know we were talking earlier about how he's very self-reflective in sonic adventure 2 when he learns the tragic history of his family he does also like blow up sonic and kill him earlier in that game after holding a gun on him <laughs> yep. which you know i you could make an argument is maybe a bridge too far but I don't think it's that bad. He, you know, he does send Sonic off with like a funny laugh (laughs) as like, he's, he's finally gotten one over on him, but, um, jokes on you, Sonic. These were nerf darts all along. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The rubber bullets like in Yakuza 4. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh my God. I still love that stupid story. (laughs) Yeah. I do think even, okay, even Sadam Robotnik, which I, again, I say, I think if we're drawing on our memories as children, we think is the most evil, hardcore, murderous, you know, killmonger of a Robotnik ever to exist. But then you revisit the show and you're like, oh, he's still got some jokes. He's, <laughs> he, he can, he can still be, he's, he's comically evil. Um, I don't think a purely murderous evil Eggman works because it's not being true to the flamboyancy of the character. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people will always like point to like a Satyam Robotnik and say, see, that's how I like my Robotnik to be. Pure evil. Really nasty. Roboticizing people. I don't like any of this Eggman that, wor- that works with Sonic. That doesn't work for me. I'm like, well, that's because you don't like characters <laughs> yeah i mean and again saturday and robotnik is the same one who asks snively what's the color of my heart and then opens his gross mouth with two uvulas and you know <laughs> like you're you're drawing on your memory of a robotnik that didn't actually exist and you know even even at his worst in archie like he's still uh, he's still he's still got jokes <laughs> 
Um, or the, you know, the, the parts in Archie, like the aforementioned robo Robotnik who like, like I said, dropped nuclear bombs on over his entire planet to kill Sonic. Like that is its most melodramatic, like silly, goofy. (laughs) And it took them a long time to even get a balance to where it resembled a, a Dr. Eggman from the games and not just in looks only. Yeah. Sometimes not in looks if it was one of the bad artists. <laughs> I like that we've got all these different uh, interpretations of Robotnik all over the years. Like, I like that we've got really evil ones. I like that we've got like the mixed ones that are like say like later Archie but before the reboot where he's still very jovial and looks really and he's got that silly look that you expect of him from the modern games. But there's like real he's doing sinister nasty things. Uh he does it with a smile. I always think of the operation scene with Lee and Dar, you know. Uh that's Ooh, the kind boy. of stuff which sticks yeah. with me. I'm like you can have him be a real threat and also be really silly about it. You know, he's just, he's got that sort of attitude to him. Uh, I just like different versions, you know, different different sides to the character. Yeah, and in, in especially like that era of Archie as well, like the, the panel that gets shared around a lot is Sonic, uh, you know, saying like, uh, limit, I'll show you my limit, where he's run to the other side of the planet to to throw himself into this uh, Eggman robot that is attacking Knothole and then loses. Sonic straight up loses and Eggman is just absolutely elated and like like you said he, he is he is sinister with a smile like mm-hmm. uh uh it, it, it's it's a good balance but it, you know he's not flaying Sonic alive and displaying his corpse <laughs> at the borders of Knothole as well like no he's only allowed to do that in arcade games <laughs> I do, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, his, I, his death game. <laughs> I think, like, this is going to be a reference that Luke will get. I think lots of fans really do want Sonic buckets of blood uh, from oh, the Sonic media. Uh, but we're not going to get that unless it's a fan thing, and that's the way it should be. Yeah, I got no problem with people who want to do their own interpretations. Like, hey, I also grew up reading, like, edgy Sonic fanfics where, (laughs) you know, Robotnik would kill or create machines that would kill the Freedom Fighters. But the only issue is when people earnestly are saying, like, you've already made the joke, like, see, Sega, this is what we want. (laughs) (laughs) Not me, buddy. I think we'll just take a little time to talk about, like, because we've, I was going, I've written on here, like, oh, why don't we talk about all the different versions of modern Eggman, since it's such a a wide ranging concept. I think we have actually done that. Yeah, we kind of did that. Yeah. Yeah. But like, it's right. But but the only one that I think that stands out as not really talked about is the way he's sort of a little different in IDW. Like, I feel like there is a difference between like late Archie uh, Eggman and the IDW Eggman and boy the fans won't let us will let us know about when things are different in IDW <laughs> yeah I, I think the, the same can be said for Sonic because and I mean it, the obvious answer is because IDW is a different continuity mm-hmm. that is supposed to be and now like it sure seems canonically like directly connected to the games and yeah. as much as I love late stage Archie before and after the reboot like Ian the head writer and the editorial team were literally dealing with the decades of baggage that those characters had like 
even though Eggman is a different Robotnik from the beginning of the Archie comics, there was still hundreds of issues of him like referencing his old backstory as Robo Robotnik and being this weird techno wizard building Terminator women and <laughs> roboticizing Snively and all kinds of stuff. Sonic also had baggage to wear of, of the early comics of being not only a freedom fighter, but then like after the victory of Robotnik being like a, kind he's basically a knight like sonic for a long time in those archie comics is basically like a cop and all of the ba- all yeah. of the baggage that comes with that title and that is a lot of those those and not even a patrol car to I show was gonna say. no exactly was not that. not even not even the the cool stuff. He gets knighted, and I think he gets a crappy medal. But uh, you know, I, I bring up like one of the early storylines after the switchover is oh, Tails' parents are back, and they are anti monarchists, <laughs> and Sonic like betrays Tails' friendship and tries to put his mom and dad in jail because they don't like the sh- king and <laughs> your girlfriend, Sonic. And you know, people people talk about like how awkward that story is, and I'm like, yeah. I think it's supposed to be like because there is a huge conflict between like what we know as Sonic as a modern game character and like all of the Archie stuff. And so anyway, all that to say that like, yeah, of course they're different in IDW because they're almost different characters. And IDW Eggman, we've talked about a little bit like the whole Mr. Tinker story and everything. But what I think it is, we started talking about modern Eggman, talking about like how hubris is such a big part of his character and one of his like most interesting character traits. It's all there in this version of Eggman. Oh yeah. Like it's it's like a big part of the the whole metal virus arc, which I'm sure we'll get to one day, is just like Eggman fucking around and finding out and being like, well, <laughs> Yeah, basically. At at the same time, like they do such a good job bringing out his cunning side because, and this is why I love IDW, is throwing new characters and concepts in there. Like, I will not spoil the resolution to Starline the IDW character, um, but that is an example of where he basically thought he knew better than Dr. Eggman. Dr. Eggman is, oh, what an immature child. I can't believe he doesn't see how he's self-sabotaging and then there is a moment where Eggman like flips a switch and is like oh oh you thought you knew something did you you thought you knew something and it's it's really good I feel like there have been several moments in IDW where it's like oh okay yeah he is still a smart guy I, I think one of the most interesting things about IDW Sonic and I promise I'm saying this not in sort of any sort of backhanded way because Eggman and IDW is just really well written just in general but I think one of the most interesting things as far as IDW Eggman and his legacy from the start and then going forward is he got introduced into the IDW series as Mr. Tinker and that's a shadow that looms over him throughout his entire story and like of course it doesn't make sense and it's just not a good story trope to to bring up Mr. Tinker every 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 single chance you can because then it gets too repetitive, it gets annoying. But just the fact that there's like the fact that even though it was through amnesia, we had like a very kind Eggman who was very generous, very basically Santa Eggman, but in a good way. <laughs> um, <laughs> and 
the fact that, you know, we have Belle who like longs for basically her papa, mm. you know, Mr. Tinker. And the fact that like when Sonic was like in the Metal Virus series talking to uh, Metal Sonic saying that like even Eggman had a chance to change. But, you know, Metal Sonic was still an anus. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> the, it's just such a really interesting part of his history now that Mr. Tinker was a person at one point. And like, there's like, there's like little shadows every now and then where Eggman kind of reflects on that and almost seems a little bit longing for it. But then he remembers that he is the Eggman. (laughs) Uh, And I, I I hope that, I hope that Mr. Tinker, uh, I I hope that Mr. Tinker is, is a character, a character shadow that does not get forgotten as IDW keeps forging ahead with more Sonic stories. It's it's part of that. I I, I think I, I said this all the way back in our Bible episode. It is that tragedy of Ovi Kintabor that I I wished was in more media. Whereas now it's Mister Tinker. It is Sonic. Literally has a physical example when people that you know that is literally part of that storyline where Espio says like it's still Eggman and he's like yeah but he's not and also like like you said the metal virus like uh, i think several characters like talk to sonic like and say like you know we could have we could have ended this back when he was mr tinker we could have captured him we could have put him and he said like yeah but that wouldn't have been fair because he wasn't who he is now and that's still inside him and i and i love i think they've done a really good job with introducing bell as a physical reminder of mr tinker but also like you said they're not they're not bringing up mr tinker like every time eggman appears but it is there and it also is establishing that eggman at least if he doesn't remember everything he did as Mr. Tinker, at least knows of it to where he is making a conscious choice to continue being the Dr. Eggman that he is. So there is some of that morality in there. It's, uh, you know, the philosophical choice of, of he is making the choice to not acknowledge that he could be better if he wanted to. And it's, yeah, man, it's just a really nice, complicated bit to Doctor Eggman's character that I, I, I also really enjoy. And and you know, I, I'm, I'm not saying it's going to happen ever, but it sure would be like a nice end game for the Sonic franchise as a whole to like him make a choice to either be Mister Tinker or say like, oh. I could be a I could be a good person. I wouldn't I wouldn't even say good guy like you know the good guys the bad guys like he could be a good person if he chose that. Well, if anyone <laughs> is going to help bring that out of him, that'll probably be Sage. Oh yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but now we've got that in the mix. It makes things very interesting. So I want to move on from this uh, deep discussion of the morality of Dr. Eggman to move on talking about his silly little cronies. Um, <laughs> so I just wanted to briefly touch on this because I think it's a fun little topic. And uh, we haven't established it in this episode so far, but like it's, Eggman usually works best when he's got someone to bounce off of. And he's like, you. It, I think it started mainly in the Western media 
where he would have like either two bumbling idiot sidekicks or he would have like one second in command under him and like we've talked about Snively, uh, there's Scratch and Grounder in AOSTH, there's Grimer, there's Grimer in STC as well. That's true, uh, and not, who is not just Snively, even if he was intended to be Snively originally. <laughs> but when Nigel Kitching found out he didn't have to do Snively, he's like, "Oh, thank God, I'll boot my own character in. Uh, I'll, I'll add my OC." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as you would. Long-standing Sonic tradition. <laughs> It is, and there's Sleet and Dingo, I suppose. Uh, moving on, uh, Deco and Boko, who are just characters taken from another anime, apparently. That's a, that's Which a is hilarious. I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, no, if, if you look at the picture, it's just them. It's TMS recycling their designs. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine, it's kind of funny, because like, up until that point, we just the main uh, example of some of Eggman uh, cronies was Scratch and Grounder that everyone would refer to, and then they were just like, yeah, you, know, you had Scratch, Grounder, and Coconuts, and then you had like Deco, Boko, and Bokoon, who kind of almost fit that role. Oh my gosh! What was the name of this anime again? <laughs> Kinku Hatsushin Saber Kids. There you go. Which was a nineteen ninety like February ninety one show, so well before Sonic X. And they were just like, uh, we've got these designs. Yeah, we've got these designs for Omega and Epsilon over here. Let's uh, let's just carry these over. Well, we can't <laughs> reuse those names for reasons, but... <laughs> and But, like, over the years, we've had, like, various uh, sidekicks, I suppose, for Eggman. And I think they've always been interesting because it gives something for him to bounce off of. And Eggman works best when he's got someone to yell at, I think. Yeah. Yes, even fast forwarding all the way to movie Eggman and Agent Stone has warmed his way into our hearts. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah, <laughs> but the most like recurring ones now at this point, ever since like I suppose technically Sonic Unleashed, but they really got established in Sonic Colors as Allbot and Cubot, who have shown up, who are also in the Boom Universe and in the Prime Universe. Yeah, yeah, they are. Yes. <laughs> yeah, by virtue of being the Sega-created sidekicks, they are now the sidekicks. Yeah. Yeah, and they 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 seem to have a flexibility about them to where, from game to game, they kind of change personalities to whatever is a funnier dynamic. Like you said, you mentioned it kind of started and unleashed with the, uh, you know, the proto-Orbot. Yeah, SA-55. Yes. By the time you got to colors, you had the shenanigans with Cubot's voice chip. And then in Boom and so forth, it's just like, oh, okay. It's it's a little more of the the uh, long-suffering one and the silly dumb one. <laughs> That's an old archetype that works. Uh, it's true. I think, I, do fi- like, uh, I think some fans are sick of them at this point. Uh, I not. I think it's because they represent the sillier side of Sonic and Sonic fans uh, desperate need of a sense of humor these days. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I said in our Frontiers discussion, uh, they get name dropped, but I cannot wait to see them interact directly with Sage. Oh, yes. I'm so excited. Yeah, that's excited. why I drew a little comic of <laughs> Sibling <it> rivalry. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> why do they call you Sage, huh? Is that something you put on eggs, I guess? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> something silly like that. I do think that someday we're going to have to do an episode where we stack rank the various sidekicks over the years against one another. Yeah, we can't, we can't spend too much time on this, but I just like when Robotnik's got people to get angry at. <laughs> that, yep. uh, that isn't just Sonic. <laughs> Me like, too. We, uh, 
because classic Eggman never really had anything like that aside from did he did he ever see anything like that in any of the iterations of classic Eggman uh, not he, not really the closest these days and it's funny you know we talked about how classic Eggman didn't really show up on a lot of extra media he's gotten more now than ever before in like various mania cartoons and sonic origins it sure seems like he gets paired up with metal sonic as his go-to like lackey now metal sonic doesn't exactly have a sparkling personality but he's pretty close as far as a almost robot son (laughs) That looks just like his most hated rival. Don't read into it. <laughs> but otherwise, no. And I, I feel like, it, it. yeah, it's just much more fun when he's goofing around and getting angry at this some sort of, like, something to vent his hatred on. Uh, it's just more, like, AOSTH, I feel, were the ones who started it with Scratch and Grounder and... Yeah, well, we've got to, we've got to stack rank these one day. Uh, we'll, let's leave that for later. But I just like it. Yeah. <laughs> I was getting like I was going to have us touch on the his as I've written in the outline his extremely tumultuous relationship with Sonic. Uh, I feel like we have covered that a fair bit, but do they work best as solely mortal enemies who hate each other, or do we like it when there's a bit of a camaraderie between them, almost making them rivals, even in spite of all the war crimes and apparent torture that he's inflicted upon Sonic over the years? <laughs> You know, I I did mean to say in our our Eggman personality discussion that I also don't think it works if you swing him too far in the other way, Mm -hmm. like, and to where, oh, he's basically a good guy, like, not to get on my soapbox, but there are several moments in the Sonic X dub that just file his edges down way too much. (laughs) And I think the same is to be said with his relationship with Sonic, to where... A balance is what works best. Like, you know, I already mentioned he does straight up murder him in Sonic Adventure 2, which, you know, like I said, that is maybe his most extreme. Um, and, you know, we, we've already joked about how limp the, the fact that he tortured him for months <laughs> in Sonic Forces is. But I, I I hate to say it, man. I mean, the, the best example in the games is frontiers where Eggman's logs spell out that he does have a begrudging respect for Sonic, but does hate his guts in every other way. And, you know, even, even Sonic in that game, you know, still jokes around with him when they're, they're collecting the emeralds on the last Island and still gives it back to him when he's talking about like, I knew you'd be too too slow to grab this one. So I got it for (laughs) you. And he's, Oh, well, I wouldn't want to disappoint you, Eggman. (laughs) I, 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 When I think of Sonic and Eggman, like nowadays, especially with the new like the the new relationship building in Frontiers, I immediately think of the scene from Dragon Ball Super where uh, where Goku brings back Frieza to help him fight in the uh, basically the final tournament of the arc, and like like you know they give each other a really knowing like super hard punch in the gut to each other, <laughs> like oh yeah, like, uh-huh. that, like that's their relationship. Just like they will work together and they'll even like kind of smile and maybe joke together, but like. I think they're both kind of ready to like sock it to each other as soon as possible as well. <laughs> That's a good example because, like, <laughs> well, I mean, we do see because the 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 movie that comes after um um that arc in Super is Frieza is revived and he immediately tries to take over the universe again. Yep. So, <laughs> and Goku's right there to stop him. Yeah. Um. 
But yeah, the same thing. I I could see that. Like, yes, at the worst of circumstances, they work together and have a begrudging respect for one another. But given the perfect situation, Eggman would absolutely shoot Sonic out into the vacuum of space. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a prank, bro. (laughs) (laughs) I do think that when you have a franchise like Sonic that is geared towards kids it's more interesting if there is at least some kind of fun play between the main hero and the main villain instead of just straight up having them be hated enemies especially for something like sonic that has always had that kind of comedic edge to it i think after all these years yeah like of the version the characterization of Eggman we had it's better this way now if Mario and Bowser can have just as many times goofing on each other as they are, you know, yeah. having big climactic battles, then Sonic and Eggman can do the same. Yeah, they do still qualify for the Olympics every few years. <laughs> yep. And it's just more story and characteristically rich if they have that that push and pull of some friendliness, mostly rivalness, and it's it's not one dimensional. Like you have you have layers that you can explore in different stories and different games. And it it also makes it when the moments where Eggman does like go quote unquote too far, like um, geez, uh, uh, the end of Tails's campaign in Sonic Adventure, where he's like, "I will just blow up the city, and then I'm going to stomp this fox child with my spider mech," or you know, even in um, you know, it is funny that they are very much cemented as more lighthearted games, but there are moments in um, Colors and Lost World where Eggman hurts tails where you know even in those games sonic is like whoa hold on man that's too far like that's my for that's my friend yeah. <laughs> you know you can you could <laughs> point it at me not him Eggman. <laughs> <laughs> and i i think that makes those moments like more impactful when you have a nice balance of uh sonic and eggman's dynamic and not just because the the extreme is like sad am where sonic is shaking his fist at the sky and saying you know one day robotnik you're going down like there's no there's no room for them to be (laughs) friendly uh rivals in that continuity no, especially when he's such a sexual deviant, you know. There's like I, I'm, I'm willing to, I'm willing. To, I'm not a kink shaming kind of person, but Robotnik really, that Robotnik really just get off on all the horrible things he does to the planet. So oh, yes. I don't know. At that point, he's a bit too far gone. God, I can't remember the episode where he literally goes, "Oh, that's good. Oh, that's very, very good indeed." <laughs> and like, yeah, yeah, we get it. <laughs> He loves being evil. So I think we can, we're, we're, we're wrapping this up now. I just want to sort of like, I, 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 the conclusion I've written here in my, on the outline is I'm let you finish. Um, <laughs> so good. <laughs> I just wanted to make things eggy apparently. Um, oh, I might as well egg you on. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> what we've got here is um, when it comes down to it, what is the legacy of Eggman? Like, how do, how do you think people, like general people, remember Eggman? Do they even remember him as Eggman at all? I think so. Like we we've acknowledged it, but haven't really put a number on it. But he has been Doctor Eggman, the modern incarnation, longer than he was a classic Doctor Robotnik. Now, yeah, and I, 
I mean, I don't know. I'm just speculating. I bet you could you you, you could put up a picture of a of a Dr. Eggman and people would be able to identify him uh, and be able to tell you like, oh, yeah, he's the bad guy in Sonic. He builds uh, evil robots and laughs really loudly. <laughs> I do feel like there are a lot of people who haven't moved on from Robotnik. And I feel like the makers of the movie may be a bit like that, too. Uh, like, I, 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 There are many people who are meet these days like oh yeah sonic and when you're fighting dr robotnik i'm like wait you still call him that okay uh but maybe that's older people that i'm encountering i feel like most of the kids know him as eggman now but i think for the people who are i guess it's for the people who are around during the 90s they always saw him as ah it's robotnik although like you said the movie's kind of blurring that line now yeah you can literally buy robotnik toys again well actually no i don't know if you could ever buy them back in the day so yeah it's more it's more solidified as robotnik in the west sometimes than it is eggman it's weird I think it, it it is a cool thing where I I think we are finally like the, the games have embraced the Robotnik family name as well, and it's he's just both. I do love my my favorite example that I think is friend of the show Dave Bulmer who just he leans into it, but just like modern Sonic might as well just not exist to him. That's yeah, true. About it, that is my favorite my favorite running running routine of Dave's. Uh, <laughs> And he and and you know because it's Dave we know it's all in good fun. Uh, he's not one of those old school Sonic fans. <laughs> he's, played, he's played Frontiers. He likes it. So there's still hope for our boy. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like it's a joke. Like anytime anything past uh, STC comes up on STC TP, he, nine times out of ten he just jokes about like, oh well, yeah, but that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> but um. What's next for Eggman, do you think? Fatherhood. Probably trying to take over the world again. You know, just a guess. Yeah, probably. It's hard to say if we're going to see any major divergences for Eggman, because when you get down to it, up to this point, he's kind of been on the same path he has been for the last, you know, 20 years or whatever. New scheme coming down the line, then Sonic comes by to take it down, rinse, repeat. But... I do feel like we are at an interesting crossroads for Eggman's portrayal because, again, because of Frontiers and what they have been doing with Sage and how they're setting that up. And I'm interested to see if that ends up having a big effect on how Eggman conducts himself in his schemes or how he might approach his next big plan for world domination or even if this leads to kind of a big paradigm shift where he's either going at things completely differently or he becomes like maybe somebody else comes along he becomes more of a kind of wild card force instead i don't mind that idea actually that would be pretty cool I mean, you know, somebody better, like, somebody new that's better than just another Deadly Six. I mean, wouldn't it be funny if we just had, like, a a Robotnik-style villain who showed up who's just evil, you know? And that's, and Eggman's like, whoa, whoa, that's a bit too much. You know, that would be, that would be something. (laughs) Okay, I don't mean to ruin this, but that is kind of what they tried to do with Eggman Nega. Oh, we didn't even talk about him. Yeah, we did completely neglect Eggman Nega, his... uh, Yeah, because Sega's quietly retiring him as well. (laughs) His his descendant slash alternate universe counterpart, it's complicated. (sighs) 
I felt like the most interesting thing about him is that they kind of played with that he sees his ancestor counterpart as a buffoon. I I remember reading some pretty cool fan fiction when I was 15. I know the exact uh, one you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, that that made him a a, a threat by by not making uh, past Eggman's mistakes. But I mean, look, I am not familiar with the story of the Sonic Rivals games on the PSP where Eggman Nega was featured heavily. But I just don't think they did much interesting things with him uh, the one thing that they seem to do pretty consistently is that they portray him as much more ruthless than vanilla eggman like rush adventure you know he and eggman team up to take over blaze's world but at the end of the final battle he's ready to just use the machine to blow up the entire blaze's dimension even though eggman's like what no you'll kill us both he's like i don't even care anymore yeah. <laughs> And then the Rivals games. The first one is like, yeah, I'm going to turn all these things and then eventually the world into a card just so I can use time travel to erase all of Eggman's defeats from history and restore the good, like put some sauce back on the name Eggman, basically. And then the second (laughs) one, he's like, oh, yeah, no, I'm kidnapping all these chow to feed to a giant extra dimensional monster that I can summon and have burn the world to the ground. And Eggman's like, yo, I didn't sign up for this. Shadow Metal Sonic, go deal with this. <laughs> and so, yeah, like the the one consistent thing about uh, Eggman Nega is that he's willing to take things a step further than vanilla Eggman ever was. Like for for all of his, you know, ambitions, He's only out to conquer the world, not destroy it, whereas his counterpart slash descendant has no such qualms. And I think, like you said, I think that dynamic works better with a character who is literally not an alternate version of our Dr. Eggman. Yeah. Like if you have a, you know, like I said, the the Starline in IDW has shades of that. And uh, yeah, I, I would, I like that dynamic to, again, not necessarily like, show that our Dr. Eggman is wimpy or doesn't go far enough, but just he's more complex than he seems as a villain. And I, I, I think I, I agree with you. I think that that dynamic could work in a future title or something. Sorry. I'm looking at a picture of Eggman Nega here. And um, the, not only do they reference like his old, like classic uh, cape design, almost yeah. with the yellow triangles, but he's also his, his shoes have got like a bumblebee design. So it really goes back to classic. Eggman, like before the games came out, the Bumblebee Man, he's back. Ay ay ay. I I never put that together. That is pretty neat. If that is intentional, that is even if it's not intentional, that is pretty neat. Yeah. But I don't think we need to bring him back anytime soon. We can have a cool concept like that without uh, this version. I would like to see him come back in a comic arc, but I don't think we need to see him back in a game outside of as an opponent in the Olympics. I was about to say, I can't believe they invited this guy multiple times. Please, <laughs> really need to look into the the ethics of the Olympic Committee. <laughs> well, you're not wrong, but not for the reasons you think. <laughs> yeah, jeez, too many too many real world tragedies referenced in this episode. <laughs> Sorry, an investigative reporter really gets in to find out the dark story behind the Olympics. Is like, okay, Olympic Committee, I want to know the truth. Why do you keep inviting Eggman Nega from the Sonic Games? <laughs> <laughs> well, 
that's the reason he can't come back in the comics. Um, so, <laughs> but anyway, uh, I didn't want to end this on Eggman Nager, but I guess that's just <laughs> that's a sign that we need to wrap up. Anyway, Eggman, I like him. Ultimately, the point is that you know I don't see Eggman changing too substantially from what we've come to know him as up to this point. But I think there is room, like with the way they have set things up now, to go in a some really interesting directions and to really shake up that dynamic potentially. I'm interested to see what, if anything, they decide to do when even you know the DLC for Frontiers comes around, if not the next game. Yeah, true, true. Might not have to wait that long. I do want to say a fun idea that I had from a little bit earlier discussion about what if like another robotic style villain comes in and he's pure evil. I think a really fun story element that they could implement with that is um, maybe like Eggman is starting to like get softer and maybe he doesn't have his grand ideas that he wants to pursue anymore. And then this new guy comes in and it kind of re-sparks his, his desires for world domination. He says, if anybody's going to take over this world, it's me. Get out of here kind of thing, you know? That's that's something I would be interested in seeing, especially with the now paternal aspect of Sage in the mix. Sorry, I just like that. I like the idea of a new character coming in and saying, Eggman, you're too soft-boiled now for this Ooh. job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. And I do, I mean, I like that aspect of Eggman's character to where now, I think more than ever, you can say that, like, well, he doesn't want to destroy the world because if he does, then there will be nobody to give him attention. <laughs> yeah. And that is, that is part of what he desires. Yeah, like, if there's one thing that's, has kind of been a consistent thing all this time is that Eggman is a complete egotist. Yes. (laughs) Well, he certainly keeps our attention. So mission accomplished there, Eggman. (laughs) Amen to that. (laughs) Uh, I look forward to the future for this, of this terrible, terrible, incredibly charismatic, weird man. Isn't it strange that a big fat man with a bald head and a giant mustache should inspire this much discussion? That's just how great he is! Yep. It's his living legacy. Eggman has always been my favorite character, and I don't see that changing anytime soon. Yeah. <laughs> I like it, like, the impetus for this whole episode really came from just the, the thought of, you know, since we wanted to celebrate Sonic's 32nd birthday anniversary like what is a hero without a good villain and like Eggman's honestly just about as good as they come as far as like villains that balance out their hero counterparts yeah yep yep he's just an egg man that's what he am yep (laughs) (laughs) thank you for the setup there (laughs) (laughs) all right we gotta get out of here let's uh (laughs) let's plug our socials uh uh yeah uh, if you enjoyed this episode you can find us all on the internet you can find me on twitter and various things as Valero that's F-A-U-L-E-R-R-O love the jingle you can <laughs> you can find me as Rock the Jake on the various socials such as twitter and instagram on youtube and you can find me on twitch as Mr. Rock the Jake you can find me on twitter at cyberlink420 and you can find me on the internet at large under the name Game Buddy, sometimes with a one, two, three, and on Twitter at Great Job Jeremy. That's G R and the number eight. And a special thanks, as always, goes out to Amy Waters for the use of our theme song from the album Gotta Go Slow. You can check out more of her work on YouTube and Bandcamp, and you should. It's great. Absolutely.
And uh, please remember to subscribe, review, share, etc. But uh, like, uh, you, you know, the social begging is always very annoying. But we just want you people to acknowledge us, please. We're desperate. We've been talking about Eggman for three hours, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that worth your no. uh, if you like our podcast? Just be sure to tell people and, and do things. It makes a difference if you like and review and share and things. It's nice. Yeah. And uh, for our next episode, well. You know what? We've been listening. You, you guys have been asking, and I think it's only fair that we finally just like go right ahead and do it. We are on the Sonic F channel finally going to talk about Sonic X, the comic series. We're going to talk about a story arc in the comic <laughs> series of Sonic X. Archie. Uh, that's, we're dipping our toes into Sonic, Sonic X, and uh, this is how we're going to start. And what are we going to talk about? Luke, you had an idea for it. Why don't you tell us what we're going to do? So when I think of the Sonic X comics, there is one image that just stands out above all others. And I think that the people who know that series know what I'm talking about. It is the majesty of the one, the only, El Gran Gordo. (laughs) (laughs) That's uh, where Eggman becomes a by night luchador i believe so yes that's really yeah. interesting to me specifically yes i that that is all even before i read any of the archie sonic x comics like that cover of eggman in the full el gran gordo get up has just always stuck with me and i i am super eager to like dig in on those spe- specific stories because they are just so much fun I hope you're here to join us on Eggman Month, apparently. <laughs> Egg Month, if you will. Yeah, Egg Month. It's, uh, oh man, June is Egg Month. I like that. I'm excited. I, I feel like those Sonic X comics do not get brought up in the the same conversation as lost Archie Sonic issues. And doggone it, those Sonic X comics are really fun. So yes, I'm very much excited to to revisit those officially on the show. And I've never read them, so this will be a whole new experience for me. <laughs> Yeah, I just like introducing things to Jake. That's, <laughs> That's really what part of this podcast is all about anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but until then, uh, and until next time, I have been Valero. I have been Rock the Jake. I'm Cyberlink. And I'm Game Buddy. And give me a break. What is up with all this drama? <laughs> well, <laughs> it's a I day mean, ending in Y. That's the answer. <laughs> <laughs> This has been The Hill Is Always Greener, and we'll see you on the other side. Yay!